Hey everyone, welcome to the DBIP group live Q&A daily. This is the innovate question and answer session with Amir and Victoria. We're live every day around six o'clock, closer and closer to being exactly at six o'clock. Um, in this Q&A, as you guys know, what we do is, is we answer any questions related to intellectual property. So if you guys have any questions, please send them Victoria's way. Uh, Victoria at dbip.com. So uh, Victoria, could you uh, remind the group about what we covered yesterday? Oh, and by the way, this is episode number 11, right? Yes, it is. 11, going strong. We're, uh, we're almost, we're, we're, I guess, two and a half weeks deep into this game. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for a while. <laughs> awesome. Um, so last time you just walked us through all the different parts of a patent. Yeah, so there's there's various parts of a patent, and we we walked through them just real briefly. Just to recap, we talked about the title, we talked about the technical field, we talked about the background section, we talked about the summary, we talked about the brief description of drawings, the specification, the claims, the abstract, and the drawings. So we basically covered, we just walked through and talked about the various components, uh, each of the components of a patent and what their significance is. And, and um, I think what, uh, I, th I think you'd agree, Victoria, that, that uh, each, each part is, contributes its own value and has its own considerations that to do a good job, you really have to think about. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so thank you. Today, I'm asking, what is a trademark? Great question. So trademarks cover brands. And basically, a trademark is, well, so here's the important thing to understand about a trademark. Um, a trademark protects the consumer, okay? So the, the main primary objective of a trademark is to protect the end consumer. So a trademark is, Often it's a word or a logo or a design that protects the source of a protects the source identity of a good. So, if you are a company or a person that sells, let's say, clothing, let's say on Etsy or some other good on Amazon, you will probably want to file for trademark protection. And what that it means is that so if, if you're so you can actually seek registration federally and you can seek registration at the state level so you can file for example a california state trademark on your brand so that could be a word or a design or you could also file it, it, well in addition to the state you can also file federally assuming your mark is used in commerce so that means that it somehow has to involve another state or country and the way that most people demonstrate that is by having a product that they sell on the web that's accessible to all to everybody and not just people in a certain state so right now we're in california but if i put make a shopify account and put my product on then someone in arizona would be able to see it and purchase it so going back so you can file for a, a state or federal trademark um, and what that is is it represents the protection that you have on that on that brand now I'm going to focus primarily on federal registration for the purposes of, of 
this particular this particular Q and A session. But in the future, we're gonna have uh, we're first of all we're gonna have a lot more content on trademarks, federal federal trademarks in particular. But we're also gonna have coverage of state trademarks. Um, now the, the the key part of a trademark is to understand that it's derived on use. Okay, so it's based on how and when you start using a mark to sell goods or services. So maybe you're selling goods that get put on the market or you're selling services like consulting, for example, that you offer. Now, the key thing to understand about a trademark is you have to put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. So consumers make purchasing decisions based primarily on brand. And what they're purchasing when they buy a product is they're purchasing the confidence that that good or service is coming from a certain source. So it might be from your company, it might be from you, uh, but what, it, what, what that mark means is that the, when the buyer goes and makes that purchase, they know where the good or product or service is coming from. And that's ultimately what a trademark is protecting. So it's protecting the consumer's confidence that they know that that mark is a source identifier for that good or service. So Victoria, can you think of, for example, the last time you've made a purchasing decision? I'm just kind of curious because the, the reason why I ask you is because in, the rea in reality, we make purchasing decisions all the time. And I think if you stop and think about it, especially in the American market and in the world market now, now that we're so globalized, you have a huge array, array of products to choose from. You have a huge array of different service providers to choose from. So how do you make your decision? Well, it's typically based on brand. So brands carry a certain amount uh, of, uh, it's a certain feeling that you have when you buy something that you know that's a certain confidence, right, Victoria? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's you, you feel a certain way about one product that makes you want to buy it over another. And sure, there's a lot of different considerations. Um, for example, look, feel, um, you, you might have prior experience with it, but ultimately, Brand is trying to protect a brand is trying to protect that feeling that the consumer has when they make that purchasing decision. Um, so, Victoria, can you think of a of a brand that you recently purchased? Yeah, I bought a dress <laughs> off of Yes Style, which is like an online store. Awesome, awesome. And so, you had alternatives, right? You didn't have mm -hmm. to go to Yes Style. Yeah, I could have gone anywhere else. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But you probably chose that. And you, well, I'm just guessing now, but I'm assuming that it had that the fact that you knew that YesStyle provided a certain quality of goods was pro probably factored into your purchasing decision, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that and that purchasing decision is ultimately the purpose of brands and why companies invest in brands. Now, I'm kind of using the word brand and trademark interchangeably. Um, and that's not necessarily precise, but the key thing to remember is that you can file trademark applications at the federal and state level to protect your brand. Now, um, I mentioned words and logos, and so logos could be like designs. Uh, the most pop famous, obviously, example that most people can probably think of would be the, the, the Nike swoosh symbol, so that the swoosh symbol would be a design, and then the word Nike itself would be the, the word mark. And so they, they have they have tons of trademarks, but they no doubt have trademarks on the word as a word mark and then also a design on the actual logo. So uh, even, for example, on this stream here, I mean, just to show off, I mean, we have a logo on the upper right um, and we have an upper and we have a design uh, word mark, a DBIP, 
sorry, a DBIP group protecting innovators on the left. So brands are all around us and we're just infiltrated with brands all the time. And they turn out to be really essential to whenever we're making purchasing decisions. And that's why companies invest so much in trying to protect their brands because not only are they, are, are they protecting the, the word or logo and, and making it so that others can't use it, but they're also protecting their investment, right? Because companies are going to, companies do invest so much in terms of resources, money, investment in developing out the brand and merchandising and, and putting out, putting the material and content out there to, so that consumers will associate good quality products and good quality services with that name. So again, federal and state trademark registration is possible. Uh, the trademark right is based on use and it's based on use in commerce. And so that means that you're using your mark to sell a good or service. Now, the key thing to remember is that it's actually based on who uses it first generally. So senior users will have priority over those who use it later. Um, if you use your mark before you have a federally registered or state registered trademark, most people will use the TM symbol. And after registration, once they're granted the certificate, they're granted, they can, they then switch to using the R symbol. And that the R symbol means that they're a federally, federally registered trademark and they have a serial number and they're in the federal register. Now, what I, what I haven't talked about is enforcement. And so what happens is that once you are able to secure the actual right, then you have remedies. So then you can actually stop other parties from selling similar goods and services with that same brand. Now, I just introduced the word um, similar goods and services. Now, the key thing to remember is that when you, especially when you file a, tra a federal trademark registration, there are a few things that you want to keep in mind. Um, and I think this is actually going to be the subject of a lot of other future uh, content that we create. But I'm just going to do just a quick, quick summary. Basically, what you need in order to register for a federal federal trademark is obviously you need to have the actual word mark or design. And then you also need to have a few key key dates. So you have to have the first date that you use the mark anywhere. So this could be the first time you created a banner, the first day you put your web your website went live, uh, the first time you created a flyer. Um, and, and then you also need to have the date that you first use the mark in commerce. Now, use in commerce is important and it's an important consideration because it's important to get it right if you want to have your trademark to be, be federally recognized. Now, it's important to understand that it has to invoke interstate commerce and we're gonna have much more content around this in the future, but the way that most people show interstate commerce is by showing out-of-state sales. So this could be a, a sale to an out-of-state resident, for example, and proof of that receipt would, would be sufficient in most cases to establish that, you, that you're engaged in interstate commerce. So again, you need to have the date of first use anywhere, the date of first use in commerce, the mark itself, and then this is the important thing. Um, you need to know what the goods and services are. So there's what's called the Trademark Identification Manual. And again, we're going to create a lot more content around this, but it's basically a manual that shows the various class numbers associated with goods or services. So off the top of my head, most common popular example would be class 25, which covers clothing and apparel. So if you're creating a new t-shirt business, you'd probably file under class 25. Now, when you're actually pursuing a trademark application, it's also important to do some searching. So you are going to want to go to the trademark database and you're going to want to do some preliminary searching. And again, we're going to create more videos on how to go about doing those, those searches. But effectively, you want to make sure that there aren't 
other brands that might be that might be confusingly similar. Now, remember, remember what I said earlier, it's about protecting the end consumer. So the reason why, the reason why it's important that you be sure that your mark wouldn't be confused with another mark is because if you file an application and the examiner finds a mark that's similar, they will enter a refusal. And those refusals can be, depending on how close the other mark is, very difficult to overcome. And so that might preclude you from being able to register a federal trademark. Now, again, just to recap, again, the reason why we have the likelihood of confusion requirement is because if you had two marks that were confusingly similar, then the end consumer would be confused. And the whole point is source identification. So there shouldn't be any confusion to the end consumer. Whenever they purchase a good or service with under a certain brand name, there shouldn't be confusion as to who is putting that good or service on the market. And that's ultimately what the federal registration is trying to protect. So those are the, some various parts of, of trademark applications and how and, and what you need before filing. Um, I, I will say that there's also a specimen requirement if you're filing under what's called an actual use application under Section 1A. And if you don't have a specimen, so if you're not yet using your mark in commerce, you can file under Section 1B. And that those that's also referred to as an intent to use application. And uh, we're going to have other other videos and, and additional content in the future um, on the overall trademark application process. But again, a trademark is a right that protects a brand and it protects the the identity identity of a mark, the source the source identity of a mark. Um, so that's a answer that not only covers what what a trademark is but also how to go about getting it and what, what sorts of things you will need. And I think that, um, you know, we're definitely gonna create a lot of future content around all that. So I hope that answers your question, Victoria. It does, thank you. Awesome, very cool. All right, well, this is episode 11. Again, this is the Innovators Q&A live daily show every Monday through Friday at six o'clock. So stay tuned and please subscribe. And uh, we're also, this is being streamed on YouTube and Twitch, and we'll, we'll have some good content that comes out of these videos because we're going to add some visuals to them as well. And again, if you have any questions, email them to Victoria. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Victoria.